My name is James Gleason, and I want to welcome you to the weekend teaching ministry of Sunrise Church here in Hillsboro, Oregon. Now, Sunrise is a church devoted to being a safe place to hear a life-changing message. And our vision is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And so every weekend, we share a message of hope from God's Word, the Bible. Now, if you'd like to know more about discovering and growing in a relationship with the God who loves you, please take a moment to visit our website at www.isunrise.com. Now, from there, you can learn how to connect with the God who loves you. And you can learn how to grow with others along the journey of life. You can learn to develop a heart to serve the least, the last, and the lost. And finally, you can learn how to lead others to know Jesus Christ on this journey of disciples making disciples. And so now I invite you to follow along with our weekend message as you discover the heartbeat of God. Allison. Welcome, welcome. My name's uh, Kevin Howard. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. I'm the executive pastor. I have um, the greatest job, I think, in the world, the greatest ministry opportunities. I get to pour into our staff and, and serve them and encourage them and participate in their journey with God and, and help them grow. And, and so that's what I do. I get to preach probably four or five times a year, but I like to be back there, you know, equipping. And so this is an honor and privilege. Uh, James is in Cuba right now. And, and so before I start, um, are, is there anybody named Stan here? Any, thank goodness. Because if you grab my notes right in the middle, I was supposed to say that it's Satan's job, I'm talking about community today, to kill, <laughs> steal, and destroy. And he was born a murderer and a die a murderer. But I wrote Stan. <laughs> thank goodness there's not a Stan here. So you were not born a murderer. But we're going to look at uh, what God says is a thriving community today, what his definition of thriving community is. So I'm excited to do that. We're going to look at, you know, about five verses in the Bible. And um, here's what I know that we all hunger for meaningful thriving community. Do you agree with that? We all hunger because that's what God put in us. God is a relational God and God before time shaped us and designed us and created us relationally. And he has a purpose and plan and he's picked everything for our life. And then he sent, he was so relationally sent a son, Jesus Christ to earth to live with us and model and be with us and experience everything that we did. And it's all about relationships. So I'm excited to talk about a thriving community. When I say community, sometimes there's small groups, or that type of thing that we can have some mixed feelings. I know that I can and that you guys can, that we're like, man, that community relationship is the place that I've gotten hurt the most. You know, and, and I've and I've struggled, and it hasn't met my expectations, and it's disappointed you. And and I talk to people that have been hurt in community, but also I want to talk about today the beauty of a thriving community and how God wants us in it. And so my encouragement is, don't ever give up, keep pressing into it. So my goal today is that all of us, including myself, will take one step towards this thriving community that God describes in the Bible. And so my journey, I was. Um, Man, I, I hated community. I mean, for 10 years, I lived in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I abandoned uh, my family and didn't speak to them at all, didn't talk to any of my friends. I cut off every relationship. So I know what it's like to not be in community. 
I know what it's like to be isolated and to be alone and to hide and withdraw. And it's so painful. There's nothing more painful than that loneliness that comes when we're alone. And, and so some of you guys know that. Some of you guys know what it is. But I also know the beauty of community. You know, the minute that I was saved at 32, that I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ and got baptized the next day went into treatment, I've been exploring and been in community. I was in uh, 150 meetings in 150 days, and AA stayed in that for seven or eight years. I was in these communities in recovery for nine years, and, and currently I'm in a uh, men's group, and I'm in a couples group, and my communities include the staff, who I get the privilege of walking beside, and so I'm in a lot of different communities, as you are. I met with a you know, I'm, I'm, I'm yesterday, I'm writing this. I'd been sick for a few days, so I'm right, finishing writing this yesterday. And, and I have this opportunity to go visit someone that doesn't know the Lord, and, and, I, and I didn't want to do it. Right. And Lord's like, man, you're going to talk about community that in a vibrant, thriving community that we look up and we love God and we look within, but we also look out. And so I ended up going over there and I spent two hours with this man and it was such a jewel and such a privilege. And he he doesn't know the Lord, but he's sitting on his couch and he's dying. He's he's dying from alcohol and and he's spiritually dead and relationally dead and emotionally dead. And, you know, physically he's dying. And so I started telling him about the community I'm part of and and he broke and and he just started weeping because we all hunger and long for a thriving community where we can love and be loved, right? Where we can just be known. We all hunger to be in these meaningful relationships, these meaningful friendships that we can walk out our life together. We all hunger for a community, a thriving community where we can be open, honest, and transparent, right? I know for me this last year, uh, man, an amazing, amazing year for me of growth, as I hope it was for you. It seems like everybody, if you're at Sunrise Church, you're growing in the Lord. There's so much excitement. You know, the presence of the Lord is just so real in all of us. Uh, But last year, you know, my brother committed suicide, and then shortly thereafter, I think maybe a month to, you know, his son committed suicide. And, and so I'm, I'm in a community with my staff and I'm leading a Monday morning meeting and I've got my leadership uh, hat on, you know, I'm leading, I'm compartmentalizing and, and I'm sharing something. That's the only move I have. It's just, this. Um, and somebody goes, are you Okay. And that part of me, I was just getting ready to say yes, but I'm like, man, I'm in community and I'm not okay. And I just started crying. And the staff got around me and they set me down in a chair. And it was one of those cries where you just trust God and it's time to grieve. And man, it felt like my ribs were breaking. You may know what those cries are like. And it feels like I'm kind of dry heaving, you know, snot's coming out. It's super embarrassing. But And they gathered around me and they put their hands on me and they prayed for me, you know. And so we're all part of this. We all hunger to be part of this community and we all have a responsibility. And we're all at different stages of being in community, aren't we? I mean, we just all are. We all hunger for a thriving community where we can be listened to, cared for, valued, encouraged. You know, this world is just coming at us with so much. It's so beautiful to just be across from someone where they actually listen to you. And they have time. And they're not, you know, that's what I'm going to talk about today as a thriving community. Where we can confess our sins to each other and pray for each other so that we can be healed. 
where we can share our hurts and pains and hopes and dreams, a thriving community where we can learn how to grow up spiritually. For me, this has been a tremendous year of of growth. You know, my blind spot, we, we got together in a community as 18 pastors and we looked at our blind spots and what's your one blind spot that's impacting your community and relationship. And mine is my emotional immaturity in some areas, you know, so I'm looking at that community is where you can grow and you can, we sharpen each other communities where we can challenge each other. After the sermon last night, someone grabbed me, Hey, I want to give you some feedback. And I'm like, thank you. That was good feedback. We can challenge each other. Where the Bible says we're blessed when we grieve, right? We bless, we're blessed when we mourn. We're blessed when we're poor in spirit. I mean, you don't have to raise your hands, but I know I'm doing another funeral tomorrow. Man, we've gone through losses this year as a family. We've grieved together, but that's what we do in community. But we also celebrate and rejoice together. And then we serve each other. And a community is really where we become more like Jesus together, Right? So do you agree that we hunger for that? This thriving community, God put us in it. He's a, he's a relational God and we're made in his image. So not Stan, but it's Satan's job to kill that. That's his number one job is to just kill community and kill relationships and rip you off and steal from us, right? And destroy those relationships. And he's pretty good at it, right? And we allow, you know, he's good at it. And it says he was born a murderer or die a murderer. And his job is to kill relationship and kill community. So when I talk about thriving community today, it's it's really, let's take a little bit bigger look. It's our church, yes, but it's our small group. But I'm part of different communities just like you are, right? We're all part of different communities, men's groups, women's groups. We're part of a family. We're part of ministries, right? We're part of some teams. So I want to look at it in the context of that, that we can be a thriving community wherever we're at. So let me pray as we get going. Um, God's word uh, in Hebrews four twelve through 13, it says right now that his word is, and we're going to look at it and read it together and pray about it, is active and alive. And that it's sharper than any sharpest two-edged sword. And it pierces and divides our spirit. And it gets in there. And I'm hoping it gets in there for me. I want to grow in community. None of us have a... A lock on this. We're all growing. The perfect community is in heaven, so we're all working towards that. But I want to pray that God will reveal to you how to step forward more and embrace His community um, with humans that are sinful, right? Because we all are. Lord, we come before you and we look to you today, and I thank you for this community, this thriving community of 120 people where somehow you trusted 3,000 souls to them. Lord, you're trusting souls to us one at a time. And we're so grateful and appreciative in this community, this thriving, vibrant community. <clears throat> looked like you, Jesus. It, it served like you and it loved like you and it sacrificed like you and it considered other interests like you did. It died to self so this community could live. And they were devoted to the word and prayer and real relationships and worship. And, and there was this excitement, Lord, and you were so active in this community. And, and there was awe and there was miracles. And then there was, they kept meeting together all the time. They shared everything that they had. There wasn't one need that wasn't met in this community, Lord. Many of us have had our needs met by our community and we're grateful for that. 
And then they praised God and they were generous and there was excitement in this community. And then, Lord, you did what only you can do, that there was this beautiful uh, attractiveness to those that didn't know you. And you added to their number daily. We want to be like that community, God. Show us what that means in your name. Amen. For the last two years, the Howard family, my family, my wife and son and daughter, we have a verse. It's kind of the greatest commandment. It says, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and then love others. And so two years ago, we said, let's look at that verse and what's one thing that we want to do. And so we looked at strength because that's a big part of it, physical. And we all made a commitment on how to be healthier for the year. And so mine was... uh, Two things. It was no fast food and walk. And I lost 25 pounds. (laughs) So I have no diet advice. That's what I'll tell you. Don't eat fast food and walk. That's all I got. But uh, And we got healthier physically as a family. Because when we do lead and make disciples, we have to, you know, there's that peace, that endurance, that long suffering where you can hang in there. So this year we did the same thing. We looked at the verse and and what came out is uh, let's pick one word for this year about community, about the communities that we're in that we want to live out. And so So my wife's was generous. She wants to be generous this year. She's very generous, but more generous, right? And just with her heart and time and relationships and who she's born into. My son, who's 20, said that his word is cherish. He's at school and he's leading this house of nine guys and he wants to just cherish every moment, right? He doesn't want to miss something looking ahead. My daughter's uh, word was flourish. Right, that she just wants to flourish and bloom, and and so the word that God gave to me uh, for this year for me is thrive, is uh, is that I really want to thrive in my communities. I want to thrive in my relationships. I want to thrive loving God. You know, I want to press into Him in a way I've never had, and thrive loving my wife, my kids, my friends. Right, I want to thrive. Uh, I don't even know if I say leading the staff, but leading the staff. I want to thrive in those relationships and that community, my men's group, my women's group. Thrive with you guys. So that's my word. And here's my verse. I'd encourage you guys to do this. We're doing this in our small group today. What's your word for the year in a verse? There's something about it when we're intentional like that. So here's my verse. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they will still thrive and bear fruit and prosper in old age. I'm getting older. But I love this. They will flourish and be vital and fresh, rich in trust and love and contentment. I want to thrive in that. I want to thrive in trusting God and, and you guys more. I want to thrive in my love. And I want to thrive in that, you know, I'm not restless anymore. I have a peace. I was talking to a gentleman tonight, this morning. We can have peace. Like we can be, I want to thrive in that. So that's my word. I'd encourage you to do that. It's real fun. So we get to pray for each other all year and we have the words and the verses. And so it's thrive. And I want to look at a thriving community. And so let me set this up. If you want to get your Bibles or phones out, it's Acts 2, 42 through 47. That's what we're going to look at today. So let me set it up. Jesus um, died for our sins, was buried, and he's resurrected, and he's alive, and right, it's the gospel that Jesus died for our sins and buried and was alive. He's alive at this time right now. He, he was alive 40 days before he ascended back into heaven to sit at the right hand of God, and, and many, many, many people saw him. Over 500 people saw him during this time, and then it, after that, he, he ascends to be with God, the plan. 
the salvation plan and now he sits up there and he'll return at some point. And then in Acts, early Acts, it says, be my witnesses, right? In Jerusalem, be my witnesses in Hillsborough, Judea, Forest Grove, Samaria, and the ends of the earth to Africa, to the Basque country, to Beaumont. Go, right? Be my witnesses. He's talking about that. The disciples now are without Jesus, right? And they have to live it out. And they have to be a thriving community. And then the Holy Spirit comes. This crazy Holy Spirit comes and just does amazing things. There's just such power in the Holy Spirit. And then Peter starts preaching to a crowd, a large crowd. And he preaches just kind of the Old Testament. But he says this. He said, God made Jesus both Lord and Savior, and you killed him. God made Jesus both Lord and Savior, and you killed him. You nailed him to a cross. And it says that they were cut to the heart, that they were pierced in the heart. And they go to Peter, what shall we do? And he says, each of you, each one of you must repent for your sins, right? And believe in the name of, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You must repent from your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that 3,000 people came to salvation. Can you believe that? 3,000 people came to salvation and were baptized. And that gets us up to where we were. So there's this little community of 120 people. And then 3,000 people join them. Wow. That's crazy. I know for me, I'm like, I don't want to go visit one person, right? I mean, I was feeling that. I'm, we're human, right? I know sometimes in our communities, someone wants to join it, man. And we're like, I'm kind of 3,000 people joined a church of 120. Amazing, right? That's a thriving community. So I want to take a look at why. Why was it thriving? What were the, the marks of it? And so, um, let's take a look at... Can we put the verse up there? So it says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. Can we go ahead and go to the next one? And all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And so can we go back to that other slide? And so we see this, I mean... When, when uh, one person comes here, it's one soul. It's, it's not like a number, like we're, you know, all of a sudden we're a thousand people now. It's a soul, right? And so I'm always like, Lord, you trusted us with one soul. Thank you. Thank you. And so 3,000 souls. Jesus loves these people way more than we can. He made them, shaped them, created them. And he somehow, he's picking Sunrise Church, right? He's picking Sunrise Church that people that don't know him can come in and be part of a thriving, vibrant community, right? It's pretty humbling when that happens. So we have this church, and we'll look through it uh, some more, but we have this church where 3,000 people joined, and they just opened their hearts, and they opened their homes, and the houses were really small back then, very small in Old Testament times. 
And there was this excitement. There was this passion. Obviously, there was a vision. And, you know, and then there was all kinds of celebration. But the thing that we see in these verses is that it's all, 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 they, we. Here's what I'm discovering is, um, I should have discovered it earlier, is we is much smarter than me. (laughs) It just is. I'm part of some amazing teams and communities here at Sunrise Church. And last week, four really good decisions were made, really good ideas were made, and I didn't come up with one of them. (laughs) But I'm good at grabbing them, and I'm good at seeing an idea. So this is about we. Satan wants to isolate us and kill us. And and again, I know that we've all had these different experiences in community, right? We just have. I've been hurt in community. I've been hurt in church. I've hurt people. But we can't ever give up, right? We just can't ever give up pursuing that and forgiving and moving towards this community because we know that Satan uh, wants to kill us. And so I want to take a look at today, um, what are the marks of a thriving community from this verse? What are the marks of a thriving community? And so the first mark of a thriving community, can we go ahead and go to that? Is that they love, serve, and sacrifice like Jesus. If we don't, if Jesus isn't our focus, it's a community. But this is a biblical thriving community that we're talking about. And so how do I, us, whatever community we're in, how do we love, serve, and sacrifice like Jesus, right? Because that's what he did. How do we, whatever our role in the group is, how do we bend our knee and how do we wash feet? Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and to give us life. It's a key part of a vibrant community. A thriving community is to become like Jesus Christ and to die to self like he did so the community can bloom. And so that's a covering for all this. As we look at that early church, it reflects Jesus. It reflects Jesus. So if we're going to be in a thriving community, our part is to do that. So, you know, I don't know how you're doing in that. The communities that you're in. Maybe this is an inventory a little bit for all of us. How are you doing loving the unlovable that's in your community? How are you doing serving them? How are you doing dying to self so that your community can live? And the next one that we see in this thriving church is that they were devoted to the right things. Man, there's a lot of things that we can be devoted to. And Francis talked about that last week, that we can be idol worshipers. I mean, we're all in this together. But this church was devoted to the right things, right? They were devoted to God's word. They were devoted to this. So I don't know where you're at with this, but it says that for this thriving community that they were devoted to this. And I don't think it's about how often you read it. It's about that you have a relationship. I had to pray. I did ministry for three years when I first started without really reading the Bible. I was just brand new. We go through those stages. I get that. But here's what I I did. I said, Lord, this is your word. This is your truth. This is your love letter to me. Everything that you wrote in here is God breathed from you on purpose. The story's on purpose for us to understand your community. And this is what I prayed. Just give me a burning passion to love your word. Only you can do that, right? Give me a, so I'll pray that for you guys, that he'll give you a burning passion. Because that's a key that they were devoted to where they were devoted to prayer. They were devoted to prayer, to praying for each other all the time. Praying large, praying small, praying. They were devoted to real relationships, to 
fellowship. They were devoted to these relationships where we're going to be honest and we're going to share currently what's going on in our hearts, right? And we're not going to pull back and hide or selectively share. And then they were devoted uh, to worship. And so that's a mark of a thriving church. So, you know, pray for your devotion, right? Because when we're devoted to other things, you know, that takes away from being devoted to the things. And and here's what I love is that... That at at the beginning he added these numbers, and then at the end he said that you know that I you know he added to their numbers daily, and so these things that we're looking at are the in between the bookends. This is why God chose that church. This is why I believe God's choosing Sunrise Church because we're devoted to the Word. Now, James and I and the staff, we try to do everything. We're going to go over our mission and vision in just a little bit, but we're trying to do everything through this filter of the Bible. We're doing our best to live out biblically what the Bible says with you guys. If we miss it, tell us. So another mark of a thriving community is that they always looked upward and they looked inward and they looked outward and and we can be good at one of those or we can be good at two of those or we can be all about the believers and why do we have to look out or we can be all about looking out but not the believers but it was all three for a thriving community it was all three they had this relationship with god first it always comes from there right to love god with everything but they also looked inward it says in that vibrant thriving community that not one of them if there was a need it was met right I think back on, uh, you know, a few years ago when I resigned uh, from uh, church in Idaho because of my sin, and then I almost died, and I was in bed for three months, and I just couldn't overcome it, and it was so uh, painful and frustrating, and, and, and my community, my small group, and here I was leading all the groups, right? I, you know, I was leading them. And the reason that I sinned is because I was leading all these groups and I wasn't in one. I was a real hypocrite. I had a lot of pride. You know, I was too busy, right? Designing all this whatever stuff. And here I am dying and isolate myself and talking about thriving communities and not being in one. And I sinned and Satan got me and he enticed me and he drugged me away and he killed me. I'm alive now because of Jesus Christ, right? But I'm in bed and my community, my small group, Paid our rent for three months and brought food and paid for school and fixed our cars and on and on and on and on. Right? We look inward. You know, we look up. We look, when we look up, we can do this. We can overflow. And so it is about in this body, we're a body, we're a family, we're a community, that the needs were taken care of. But it doesn't stop there. We also look outward, right? We've got to be looking outward because we know right now, I'm so glad that Sunrise Church didn't close the doors one day before I came, you know, years ago. We have to look outward. That's part of this. I know sometimes it's difficult because we're hurting and we have needs. That's great. Heal. We, go, we, we do that together. We become stronger. But we got to be, we know right now in these apartments and they're building some more, right? That I don't care if you're in the outhouse or the penthouse, homeless or you're living in, you know, they don't know Christ and they're lost and they're hurting and they're trying to fill that hole in their soul like we all did. And it doesn't work. Nothing satisfied. So vibrant thriving community looks upward first right then we take care of the inward if you guys have some needs let us know and then we look outward another one is that the presence of god is everywhere 
We can see that in this story. I mean, as you read it, I'm encouraging you to read this and read it. I read it all the time. And if you're around me a lot, you, I, I talk about it a lot because I think it's a God's picture and design for community. It's really interesting. A lot of the commentaries, it will say that this community is impossible. That this was for this time and it was just a picture and no one can live it out. I don't know what my word for that is, but I disagree 100%. God wouldn't have shown us and wouldn't have given us this picture if it isn't possible. And we're to live it out. And the presence of God is everywhere. I just met with a gentleman this morning as I walked in that he goes, I got to tell you something. And he's, we're hugging each other and God healed me. He healed me of my anger and it's gone. The, the presence of God is everywhere in a thriving community. I have, like I said, I have the best job in the world. I think someone said, all you do is you're a cheerleader. I'm like, well, I feel like I do a little more than that. But anyways, but you know what I mean? I get to go around and everybody's just telling me about God. Talk to Mandy today. She's going to Bass. Charlotte's going to, you know, it's just always these conversations about God. God's presence is really active here right now. Press into it and look to it. And then the next mark is that there's contagious praise, joy, generosity, and anticipation, right? I can't wait on our Mondays. Every Monday we meet as a staff and we have for a half hour go over just the weekend and, and the week. And we put prayer and praises and the board is filled. I anticipate there's salvations, there's baptisms, there's marriages getting healed. We're praying for people that hurt and there's people that are in the process of making decisions. There's relationships with people that don't know Jesus yet. In a thriving community, there's anticipation, right? That God is in charge and God is on the move and God is going to do something. But there's also praise, right? We praise God. We're becoming a praising church. I'm trying to grow on it. James is. We're becoming a church that celebrates not what we're doing, but what God's doing. And then there's this joy, right? There's that joy that can only come from Jesus. And there's a peace and a contentment. And there's this generosity where we're going to do whatever it takes. And so another mark of a thriving church is that we're healthy on the inside and attractive to the outside. My role for a couple years here that I've been back is, um, and I believe this 100%, the first thing that, you know, and I continue to try to do it. First, I have to get healthy because you can't take people where you haven't gone. You can't lead people where you haven't gone, you know, where you're not willing to go to. But I just know that, you know, God designed it that there's this... That he's in charge of his church, which is you guys, but there's some roles and we're to equip you. And so we've been working really, um, really looking at becoming healthy as a staff, individually and as a staff, where we have a oneness and a trust and a unity and we care for each other and we serve each other. But that individually, you know, we spent some time looking at our blind spots. We want to be healthy. We know that the healthier we are as a staff, that the healthier that the church will be. Do you agree with that? I mean, that's the way God designed it. So thriving community is healthy on the inside, but then it's attractive to those on the outside. That's the beauty of this. It says that this early community, this early church had favor and goodwill with everyone. Everyone. The way they were living and loving and serving was attractive. And I'll tell you, it is attractive to the world out there because you know what's going on out there. All you have to do is pay a little bit of attention. It's never about relationship anymore. 
It's just about power. And it's about position. And it's about politics, you know. People are hungry for a thriving community to be part of that. We know that. We know that every person out there that's hurt and longs to be part of a thriving community. Anywhere I go in town, man, you guys have such a good reputation. It's always, I'm always talking. I talk to everybody. I'm probably obnoxious a little bit, but I just, wherever I'm at, I'm saying, hi, what are you doing? And they always ask, what do you do? And I said, I serve at Sunrise Church. What does that mean? I'm one of the pastors. And this is what they say every single time. I'm sure that we've obviously blown it with some people. And if you know about that, tell me, I'll go meet with them. But it's over and over again. You're the church that serves. You're the church that helps people. You're the church that takes in the, those people that are hurting. You're, I don't care if I'm with a community leader or the, you know, anybody, it's the same thing. So a vibrant, thriving community is healthy on the inside and attractive to the outside. And and then the last one is that there's just kind of continual, how would I say it? Just continual spiritual growth, right? We're reaching out because we're looking out. We're inviting people in. And people accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, right? We all had to go through that at some point, but it doesn't stop there, right? That's just the beginning. And then there's this piece of baptism. And then there's this piece of, uh, we want to get you in a vibrant, thriving community, right? We want to get you in where someone can disciple you. And and then we raise up new leaders. So there's this process where all the roles are filled in a vibrant, thriving community. So I want to look at our, our vision and then uh, our, in our mission, and I'll end in prayer. When we came up with our vision and, vision and mission, God's for Sunrise Church, it, it's through the Bible. This is one of the key stories that we used. There's four or five verses that we base it on, and I hope you can see how it's tied in. So our vision is... Uh, when I got here, uh, you know, that's the one I put at the top because that's a covering. It's the greatest commandment. Love... You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. That that's our covering. Without that, we're not a, you know, a thriving biblical community. It's about God. That's a covering. It's about love. And I think that we're growing in our love. I think we're growing in our love as a church and we're growing in our love as a staff. And I see you guys growing in your love. And, and then it's, it's about your heart. As you see why we do certain things, some of our hearts are hurt. Some are hard. Some of us are hiding some stuff right even right now, right? We want to create environments and communities where you can come in and deal with that. Or your mind, right? For so long, when I was in community, I had these false beliefs about community, what community was. And that was my filter. It wasn't this. And God says in community, not in isolation, that you can renew your mind and you can learn relationship. And again, God did this really amazing thing where um, I get hurt in relationship, but that's the only way to heal. The only way to heal is to get back into relationship. And then God says that I'm going to increase and overflow your love supernaturally so you can love those that are around you. So that's the key to God's, to our vision here at Sunrise. And the next one is, um, our vision is lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. So, you know, the communities that I'm in, uh, 
I'm trying to initiate that, right, with the staff. I'm trying to help them grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ all the time. I'm trying to grow. We want you guys to grow in a relationship with Jesus Christ. How do we become more like him, right? How do we love like Jesus and serve like him and die to self like him and consider, you know, other people's interests? So that's our vision, to love God. And then we want you to grow to become more like Jesus Christ, and we have a lot of different ways that we do that. And then Jesus said, one of his last things he said to us was, I have full authority over heaven and earth. I'm over everything, right? And the Holy Spirit's with you till the end, but go and make disciples, right? And baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And just teach them what I've taught you. Teach them what you know. We're all one step ahead of somebody. So our mission is to make disciples, biblical disciples of Jesus, not of us. Make disciples that make new disciples because we're always looking out and new people are coming in, right? And how do we disciple them? And then our strategy, and I hope you can see this in the story, right? It was a beautiful evangelism, right? Connecting them into the community. They start growing together because we're here because of that early church. We're here because of that thriving community because they lived it out and then they served each other and outward and they had leadership and so we're always trying to think of how we do this a lot you guys is just looking at if you notice the bark test that we did as a staff we're like we want the church to be a place when they drive in that they know that we care and that it's clean and that our greeting starts out there with the parking right and we think through all this stuff how do we connect people are we connecting people are they leaving what does that look like are we connecting them not only with the body but with god and then how do we help them grow how do we serve and how do we lead? And then our, this is our heart. Our heart is uh, what God's heart is. And he says over and over that I am close to the brokenhearted. And I am close to those that are oppressed and depressed. I'm close to those that are alone. I'm close to those that are struggling. And our heart is to reach the least, the last, and the lost. I mean, I, I encourage you guys to come in here on one of the nights when we have the shelter. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But they're not the only ones that are lost. I was in the gutter, but we have people in the penthouse that are very wealthy that are just as lost, and they may not even know it. So that's always our heart. That's always God's heart is how do we, you know, how do we have soft hearts and open doors, and we open our homes, and we just open our arms, and we, we say that, you know, we want you. And we love you. And here's the beautiful thing about Sunrise Church, that you come as you are, but you can never remain as you are. I had someone ask me the other day, it's just like, why are you doing what you're doing? We were just serving. And I said, well, my strategy is just that I'm going to love you and serve you until you finally ask why. And then when you ask, well, I'm going to tell you because Jesus Christ, because I love him and he served me and he died for me and I cannot do any less. And right. We serve and we love and we keep opening our doors till they ask why. And then when they ask why, they say, I want what you have. And then there's that beautiful moment. Can we put the axe up there again? I want to read that and then just pray. 
So thank you for being a thriving community. Thank you for taking a step towards it. Uh, thank you for those of you that are struggling right now, because I know some of you are. You've been hurt or you're isolated or you're alone. We have so many different communities. We're just asking you to take a step towards one. This is what God's word said. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to sharing meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity. And all the while they praised God. We praise you, God. And enjoying the goodwill and the favor of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship souls people, those who are being saved. Pray with me. Lord, we come before you and we just thank you for this beautiful picture. Show us what our part is, God, in the communities that we're in. Show us what it means to be devoted to the right things and to let go of some of the things that are hindering our, uh, you know, a vibrant community, a thriving community. Show us how to fall in love with your word, Lord, to, to continually pray about everything big, little, and small. <laughs> medium that we just go to you that we're a praying community all the time that that's what we do first we look to you first we look to your word first show us how to have real relationships lord we all hunger for that show us how to worship you and then then lord uh, you know you're set free to do what you do and thank you for all the growth and all the healings and all the miracles that you're doing here at sunrise church lord we're in awe of that And, and then lord we just praise you We just thank you. We're just grateful. Give us generous hearts, God. Show us the importance of meeting big as a a corporate church, but also in these smaller communities. And then, Lord, give us the relationships that we always long for. Just those dear, close friends that we can share our heart with and grow in you and become more like you. And so, Lord, we thank you for this picture, and may we move towards it in your name and because of you and through you. Amen.